When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hour two, Dan Cilio, National Football Show. Funny, um, usually I like to get two people on the show, but everybody's going to Canton. And everyone wants to watch the dual classes give their speeches on Saturday for the Hall of Fame. I don't know about the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, Steelers and Cowboys. I think it's going to be pretty cool that we get a chance to see NFL football again. That's kind of like the kickoff to the upcoming season. Everybody starts getting their juices going again. We're all good, right? So everybody's going to be there. I know. Mask. This. That. I could care less. I so could care less. Do your own life. I'm talking about the football season. It's about football for me. I don't, I don't like, you know, add that into my world like you guys do. Or some of you, I should say. I don't add that into my world. And for the record, it's none of your business. So let me go here. You know, when, when you have a car or a house that you want to sell, man, we really don't want to move out of this thing. Or, I love this car. I've had this car for 20 years. It's been our baby. We love it so much. Look at it. We keep it up. Here's all the paperwork. I mean, it's just been a reliable car, reliable house. And you're selling something. And what you're doing is you're giving all the positive spin that you can possibly give on something that's easy for you to give your emotion to when you're trying to sell something that you love, you're not coming off as fake. I love this house. I lived here my whole life. I was raised here. This car, I've had it since my daughter was born and we just had a tough time trying to replace it. Well, why are you getting rid of it? Well, I think it's just time for us to, you know, look for, um, a different vehicle, that's all. And, you know, maybe this would be a, a perfect car or a second car for someone in someone's family that they could enjoy. Or why you want to get rid of your house? Well, maybe somebody with a family. My wife and I are getting on in years. Maybe somebody with a family would really enjoy a house with a pool, a deck. You guys have a great time. 
I don't know, something like that. And you're not lying. John Lynch, the general manager of the 49ers, and Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers are doing their best sales job that they could possibly do when it comes to trying to sell Jimmy Garoppolo to the NFL. Remember something here. If you had Jimmy Garoppolo's postseason, you're talking about a 25-8 and eight player. Okay? Like 25-8 and eight as a starting quarterback in the NFL. In San Francisco. We talked about, you know, most teams are not going to sit there and go like this. Well, you know, in three years, is a guy, nobody cares about three years. They care about three minutes from now. So Lynch and them are doing this. Trey Lance, I guess, has looked spectacular. And they haven't even had full pads yet. Okay. Like Ross Tucker said last hour, my antenna also goes up. Okay. What are they trying to do? What they're trying to do right now is they are not talking to media people. They're not talking to the fans. They're not even talking to people that cover the sport. They're talking to other executives in the NFL that we think so highly of Jimmy G. Remember something on what they've put that player through. And I can tell you something. If I was a general manager and I've been watching Jimmy Garoppolo handle himself publicly, you know, they kicked the tires on Brady. They were kicking the tires on Matthew Stafford. They were kicking the tires on Deshaun Watson. And this is all in light of Garoppolo with a 25-8 and record and took your team to a Super Bowl. Sounds like a lot of disrespect to me. They're not going to say it. And get this, more importantly, Jimmy Garoppolo's not been saying it. Jimmy Garoppolo knows the power of keeping his mouth shut right now because what he wants to show, a general manager, that he's a team guy, that he is a person that understands that this is about winning and not whining. Green Bay, you have winning and whining. San Francisco, I have not heard Jimmy Garoppolo whine one time. That's brownie points with me. I'm a GM going, man, this guy here, man, he conducts himself like a true professional. That's why the 49ers are so hesitant to dump his ass. They don't want to dump the guy because the guy's showing leadership. He's working with the kid. The Niners have been honest with him. So Lynch is being honest with everyone. We love Jimmy G. We ain't going to give him away. We invested in Trey Lance. Look, you don't trade up to number three and not play the kid. And they're also sending this out, unlike they are in Green Bay with Jordan Love. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are pretty comfortable saying publicly right now, if Garoppolo's not here or not ready to go because of injury, we're very comfortable putting him in right now. You know, he must be inspiring that locker room too, the young kid. Now, as you know as well as anybody, when you're in a company or you're in a profession where your bosses revere you, respect you, pay you, you know without a doubt that's a good place to be. It's not exactly Camelot, but I'll tell you what, you could find a lot worse places, especially when somebody doesn't want you. And the Niners, 
want you. The Niners want both these guys. They love both these guys. Hey, how hard do you think it was for the 49ers when they had to get rid of Joe Montana for Steve Young? Ed DiBartolo, the then owner of the Niners, said it was the most difficult decision he ever made in his life. And he even walked it back and offered Joe the starting job. And you know what Joe said to him? Nah, too much damage has been done and too much water's over the bridge. I'm leaving. Went to Kansas City, brought the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game. That's how good that dude was. Chiefs. Do you know the next quarterback to take the Chiefs to an AFC Championship game was? Yeah, you got it, Patrick Mahomes. It was Montana before that. You're like, wait, Montana played with the Chiefs? Yeah. So I love what they're doing. They're showing public respect for Garoppolo and how he's acted. You don't, you don't go out there because you know, what, you know what most coaches, you know what most organizations do, and it's a failure move. The young guy's so great looking. Holy crap, it's incredible. And they don't even mention the other guy. Kyle Shanahan saying, Garoppolo's never looked better. Really? Not even a Super Bowl year? Yeah. He's just, the young kid's making him play better. <sighs> They're stroking both guys. They're getting their cake and they're eating it. That's good front office and good coaching. That's how you do it. Now, do you buy into it? Of course not. Haven't even seen them play in the regular season, let alone a preseason football game. Oh, You know, it's like this guy is a great painter. Has he painted a painting yet? No, but he'll get there. What? <laughs> really? Yeah, but you haven't seen him doing it. No, he's a great director. I saw him at um, film school at USC, and he was just, I mean, him and Singleton were spectacular. And I mean, I, I knew they would be, yeah, well, I know Singleton's work. I'm sorry, I don't know uh, Jenny Blow's work. Oh, no, but he's going to be good. Well, he hasn't directed a movie yet? No, okay, let me know when he does. That's the philosophy NFL guys will have about a quarterback that's getting promoted the way he's getting in San Francisco in Trey Lance. Okay, let's see when he's in there. And he's got a defensive end from the uh, Packers coming down on him. Let's see how he handles himself when he's got pressure or he's losing. <laughs> that's, that's more so where, okay, that's when you make your bones with your football team. And know this, the other thing too is, let's see what kind of courage he has. You know, one of the things I thought that really stopped Baker Mayfield from his progress was that I thought he lacked courage in the pocket. As soon as he felt pressure, what would he do? Take off. Those are the guys that don't have a lot of courage in the pocket. You ever watch Brady in the pocket get hit or Manning get hit or Aaron Rodgers get hit? You know, when you're an offensive lineman or even when you're a D lineman and you see that guy getting pancaked like that and those quarterbacks are in the pocket, like we had Phil Simms on earlier in the week. That is a man. That guy's going to stand in that pocket and he's going to take hits. And everybody on the field looks up and goes, remember, there's only one of them dudes, two D linemen, two uh, Ds, two O linemen. When it comes to tackles, guards, okay, one center, I get it. That's why it's an important position on your offense right next to the quarterback. 
when you got a guy that could take it. Those guys are special dudes, man. All right. I want to get into I, – I, in the last hour, I mentioned Dwayne Haskins. And I'm really loving what I'm hearing from Mike Tomlin, the head football coach of the Steelers. He, and from what I understand, he's not going to be starting on Thursday against the Cowboys. It's okay. I'm going to tell you why he's not starting. Why do you think a guy like that is not starting? Why do you think he's not starting? Because he hasn't built up enough equity with the organization yet. You see, no one's ever disputed Dwayne Haskins and his ability. Everybody's disputed his character, his immaturity, his inability to lead. Those are all essential parts to being a quarterback. Look, this is what I don't want as my starting quarterback in the NFL. You know what I don't want? I don't want a whiner. I don't want a guy who's not a leader. I don't want a guy who can't take hits. I don't want a guy who's always bitching about everything. I want a guy that's going to go out there and lead. I'm not saying he can't be vocal. But most importantly, I want a guy that's going to win. Haskins has to do what? What is the one thing Dwayne Haskins has to prove to people in the league to get another shot like Ryan Tannehill did? Trust. Simply put, trust. Hey, Jalen Hurts in Philly, do you know what he has that a lot of quarterbacks don't have going into an opportunity to become a face of a franchise? He has got a fan base's support. Would we agree Jalen Hurts probably has 75% of the Philadelphia – hey, wait a minute. Let me back that up. Maybe 65% of the Philadelphia Eagle fan base backing him up. Why? Because they hated Wentz so bad. And they weren't going anywhere with him. And they didn't like the whining. They didn't like the lack of leadership. You ain't going to do that in that city. No way. Are you going to show up to Lincoln Financial and you're going to go out there and you're going to flop around on that field and they're going to sit there and give you more than three games? Screw that. That ain't working, kid. And that would have been for anybody on that Super Bowl team. You're not going to fart around Lincoln Financial for three games and that fan base ain't going to come down on you. The fan base is supporting him right now. And more so than looking at the ability, here's what's the problem with the Philly fan base right now. They're hoping too much. There's no certainty. You don't have certainty on your offense. You have a lot of question marks. Is the kid good? You're starting there. Is he accurate? Uh, can he withstand 17 games? I don't know. He got yanked in the middle of the SEC championship game by his head coach because he was failing in a big moment. I'm not even talking about transferring. Remember something. Jalen Hurts was benched in a national championship game. 
Okay, I mean, I'm just telling the story here. So the national championship game, or you're in a game that matters for the NFC East, and you're playing the Giants. Are you ready for that? Well, Giants aren't there. Dude, it ain't, it's not like that. It's the Giants. It's a rival. It's funny, when I first got into the NFL, you know what I used to tell people all the time? Well, their record, they were 4-12 last year. It's funny, when I got and played those teams, those teams played just as good as the 49er teams did that won Super Bowls. You know the difference was? Maybe 15 plays because they had Rice and Montana. You don't realize how close the talent is. And when you get in and you're playing against a 4-12 team versus a 12-4 and team, I'm telling you, the difference isn't that much. The great players make 15 more plays in a game, and that's what separates the 4-12 and versus the 12-4 and teams. It's not like college football where you roll into a game and you know you're going to beat the pants off this team. That, that's not going to work. So, I mean, you got a lot of indecision. So that's the thing Haskins has to do. It's the same thing Jalen Hurts has to do. You got to build trust up. You know, right now in Philadelphia and with Dwayne Haskins, you, you know the only thing you have right now is, or maybe even more so San Francisco, all you have is hype. You know what hype means? Hope. You give a guy a lot of hype, you're hoping, correct? no certainty. I'm certain Aaron Rodgers is going to have a TD to interception ratio that's off the charts. I'm certain Tom Brady is going to be in a conversation for an MVP this year, maybe a Super Bowl. I'm certain that Russell Wilson is going to win that NFC West division. I'm certain that Patrick Mahomes is going to lead his team. You know what else I'm getting? I'm getting to this point with Josh Allen. I'm certain that guy's going to have a hell of a season. I'm certain that we're going to see, and I know I'm changing the, the answer a tad here, but I, got, I can give you a certainty. I'm certain that Justin Herbert's the answer in Los Angeles for the Chargers. It's funny. Somebody asked me that about Matthew Stafford. Are you certain? No. No, I'm not. I'm not certain. So, Philly, certain? Am I certain in New York with the Giants? No. Jets, never. New England, no. Lions, no. Jacksonville, kind of. I want to see the kid play. For me to sit here and start throwing... Rose pedals at the kid where, you know, Trevor Lawrence, play a game, dude. Play a game. And then we'll start talking about whether or not you're going to be the answer there in Jacksonville. There's been no answers in Jacksonville since Mark Brunell. And that is quite a bit ago. Okay, so, again, the news is, what do the Colts do at this particular time do they stay in-house, do they make a trade, or do they go after Phillip Rivers? We'll reset that. I also hit want to hit on Big 12 and Pac-12. Look like they're going to try to tie in an agreement with one another to try to play against each other's teams. We'll do all that. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. 
of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome aboard the National Football Show, you boy Dan Silio. What quarterback in the NFL do you think becomes the first QB to go for 6,000 passing yards in a season? Who would have ever thought that? I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going here with this. Show you how different it is, you know, when it comes to the NFL and how the other leagues look at their record books versus how the NFL looks at their record books. NFL's not going to come up with a different set of rules or a different set of uh, records. You know, back in the day, the NFL played 10 games. Then it went to 12 games. Then it went to 14 games. Then it went to 16 games. Now it's at 17. And they're even talking maybe going to 18 games. 
Okay. So you're you're gonna get a guy going for six thousand yards. You'll probably get a guy throwing for almost sixty touchdowns, fifty-five somewhere in there. Maybe a guy breaks Eric Dickerson's single season rushing record, twenty-one oh five receiving record, most catches in a season. No, he played more games. Uh, so what? No one cares in the NFL. See, in baseball, they do this. Well, you know, they played 154 games back in 1901. And, and I used to always go, yeah, it was a fat white guy beer drinking league back then. You didn't have diversity or minorities in your sport till 47, and you had one. <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, it's, it's more like a cricket league, <laughs> right? You know, softball guys that get hammered on Saturdays? Bunch of fat white guys. That's what baseball was back in the day. There was no, like, diversity. Yeah, I hit 800 hits in one season. Who would you play? Johnny Johnny Limpscomb. You know, he was the butcher down around the corner. Guy was incredible. He could cut a chicken's head off, and he had a split-seam fastball that, you man, I'm just telling you, it was unbelievable. That's your guy. I had 800 hits off him, though. <laughs> yeah, great, dude. Whatever. If I have to get real to real to, like, watch your highlights, I don't know. Or if I have to take your helmet and put it in my back pocket and I can fold it up, I don't know. It's more like rugby. And, and, and you always have this, you know, steroid error with Bonds. You know, we have to keep Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame. You know, it's funny. Anybody that gets busted for PED use in the NFL – or steroids or anything, nobody cares. He's out four games. Seeing four games. You know, then then the uh, snowflake media and the snowflake fans. How should that guy be given an opportunity to make the Pro Bowl like Sean Merriman did? And he and he failed the drug test. Oh, okay. Are you a doctor now? Oh, yeah, you're a physician, or are you just a dumbass fan? Oh, I'm a dumbass fan. Uh typical. So what did base what did football do? They put that in there, whatever. NFL could care less. They change the rules every single year so that you're going to get more offense. You think the NFL wants to see Super Bowls 14 to 10 or football games 17-14? Uh, <laughs> no. Why? Gambling. Prop bets. Fantasy football. Yeah, my boy Cal, man. Yeah. Fantasy on Fridays with my boys at PSU. Hanging out with Hank and Larry. We're Cindy and, and Kathy. Well, we don't know. We'll just hang out with the guys on a Friday night at PSU, baby. All good. They want to make sure. <laughs> you hey, want to make sure that guys like Cal. Hey, did you see my receiver, man? DeAndre Hopkins. I traded for him last week. This dude just got three touchdowns, 148 yards and receptions. You think they want to see that guy with two catches with like 50 yards? Absolutely not. Baseball's the only people that concern themselves with that. Well, PED use, you know, the records don't count. Oh, God. Snowflake. Nobody cares. Baseball was at its best during the steroid era. There, I said it. When you had home runs flying out of ballparks, 
guys hitting 50, 60 home runs every year. You, 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 you had baseball with some of the greatest records of all time. And you had some of the highest ratings of all time. It was off the charts. Oh, and for the record, do you know why baseball came down on PED use? Why do you think it came down on PED use? Typical Snowflake fans, well, it changed the game. The rule book, the records, no dorks. The reason they did it was because the owners were getting sick and tired of paying the DHs in the league $25 million. They're all juiced up. The ball's juiced up. They're hitting 50 home runs. And you know what? It's a difference in paying a guy $15 million versus $25 million. So they took the steroids out of the game, and they controlled the game by juicing the baseball up and down instead of the players up and down because the players had control of their incomes doing that. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens made over $250 million in their salary career after the age of 37. <laughs> made a quarter of a billion dollars. You think they give a crap about the stupid Hall of Fame? Making a quarter of a billion dollars? Yeah, but these guys will never be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay. Never be in the Hall of Fame. I just made a quarter of a billion dollars. Hello. Hey, Forrest. Did you hear what I said? I made $250 million. Baseball, they basically have made the game boring. Football is not going to do that. They're juicing the sport up. They want guys like my boy Calgo. Hey, man. My fantasy team's kicking ass this year. I'm not going to have a lot of time to go on dates because, you know, I got to make trades. You know, Friday with Larry and Harry, we got to get our team going. Hey, man, I mean, Cindy, I'll get with you after the season. I'm playing for the Super Bowl here, and I'm playing for a championship. And more importantly, I'm playing for, I'm playing for dough. They want a billion cows. Because that's what the NFL doesn't care. My, the NFL doesn't care about records. 6,000 passing yards? Hell, they hope three players do it. In baseball, a guy hits 50 bombs? Well, it must be juicing. Who cares? Who cares? Oh, that's right. I forgot because we're here to believe that the um, owners in sports care about the health. Yeah. Huh. We care about the health of the players. Yeah, okay. There's some land in South Florida. It's on stilts. It's kind of shaky, but, hey, it's pretty prosperous. Better get it before the rainy season, though. <laughs> okay? Just, just get it before the rainy season here. All right. So, little college football news here. So, the Big 12 is doing everything they possibly can to stay above float. Right, keep their head above water. So now they've reached out to another conference that's kind of on vapors themselves, and that's the Pac-12. Pac-12, man. I mean, Larry Scott, the commissioner of that conference for decades, ran that thing into the toilet. Just ran it into the toilet. It's a non-factor conference. Washington's been kind of good. Oregon's good. But watch, Arizona State, Arizona, USC, has not been USC. UCLA with Chip Kelly. Every Eagle fan will go, well, I can tell you that one. 
He doesn't have the same resources that he had when he was at Oregon. You know what Chip Kelly looks like now? He kind of looks like a fair coach at best. Utah's good, but Stanford's kind of good. It's the kind of good league. You know, the Pac-12. Then you got the Big 12 now. It's being projected that they're going to lose over 50% of their revenue because OU and Texas has decided to do the right thing and go to the SEC. Why would I watch any of the – watch this. Think of those schools that they have left behind. Would I watch a USC game? Probably. But it would depend who they're playing. If you're playing a Big 12 team, Kansas, uh, no. Oklahoma State, maybe. Oregon, probably. Stanford, no. Utah, maybe. My point is, what's in the – remember something. You know, guys like my guys, Cal and Krause, Krause's more of a college football guy, and so is Cal. So they're different, but they're from big cities. People from big cities in the Northeast don't care about college football. They could care less. They're pro cities. You think they cover Temple in Philly? Or you think they cover Rutgers in New York? They don't do that. They barely cover Maryland. And the only reason the Big Ten went into Rutgers and Maryland was because they wanted the DC TV markets and the New York market. Had nothing to do with sports. Well, you think Rutgers all of a sudden is going to become a great college football power? Or Maryland? Maryland's kind of decent. But they've never been the same since they left the ACC. They'll never be anything like that again. Okay? There's very few schools. Watch this. Alabama-Auburn. I'm in. LSU, LSU A&M. I'm going to watch that. Tennessee-Florida. Damn straight. Georgia-Florida. Damn straight. Texas-OU. Red River rivalry. Damn right I'm watching that. The SEC has made visibility for the college football fan. And you know what sucks? The SEC has made it more regionalized, college football. College football is losing viewership because the SEC is so powerful. You think anybody in California or New York gives a rat's ass if Alabama and Clemson play again for the national title? They're not going to watch that game. Do you Here, let me, let me give you a for instance. I played in the highest-rated college football game in the history of college football. We had 27 shares when we played Penn State and Miami in 1987's Fiesta Bowl. It's still to this day, 100 million people watched it. Why was that? We were both independent. It was good versus evil. It had the whole dynamic. Jimmy Johnson versus Joe Paterno. We had a Heisman Trophy. We showed up in fatigues. We had machine guns in our hands. We had grenades. We were the renegades. We were the convicts from Miami, convicts and Catholics, when we played Notre Dame. That was intriguing. The President of the United States, President Reagan, showed up. Costas was live. I mean, the whole thing, man, it was... It was the very first time they moved the bowl game 
to January 2nd. And we're out there in front of 100 million people. Days like USC and Texas, that was intriguing football before college football decided to allow the networks to ruin it. And now what you're doing now is you're, you're picking up the pieces here with the Pac-12 and the Big 12 trying to put some sort of, like, deal together. These are just collateral damages. After, after OU and Texas leaving to go to the SEC, I mean, there's really nothing left to sit around and look at college football and go like this. The ratings are continue to go down. And it's going to be an issue where, without a doubt, okay, that you're going to have to go this way. You're going to go like this, SEC football. It's like the Premier League. All right. So, haven't spoken a little bit about Aaron Rodgers in a bit. And I got to tell you what's going on. And I actually like it. As they get ready for the upcoming season. Aaron Rodgers and the general manager, Goodenkoost, are, are working on their relationship. It's a work in progress. But what they're doing is they're trying to get to reconciliation. And you still have Jordan Love on the team. You're hearing Rodgers after every scrimmage now and the GM, and Kevin Murphy, the president, doing this. Rogers looks great. He's just so prepared. We're really lucky to have Aaron here, and we're going to do everything in our power to keep Aaron here. Aaron wants to be a Green Bay Packer. We want Aaron to be a Green Bay Packer. What I think is going on here is I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to leave Green Bay the same way Brett Favre did. Because the only way you're going to be revered by Packer fans is how you leave that place. Remember how Favre left? Packer fans had a problem with him. The organization had a problem with him. It took years of reconciliation after he was playing days for him and them to be able to come to some type of retirement for the jersey, the Packer ring of honor. By the way, that Packer ring of honor is one of the greatest ring of honors in the league. I would say this to you. The greatest ring of honors in the NFL are the Bears, Steelers, um, maybe the 49ers, clearly the Packers, the Giants. Would you throw Philly in there? Remember, one Super Bowl. Championships in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and I believe the 60s championship, too, with Bednarik. Um, So there were championships there. That could probably be in the conversation. Washington, okay? He doesn't want to go out this way. Aaron Rodgers wants to go out of Packer. I don't blame him. He should want to go out of Green Bay Packer. Why should he want to go out any other way? He's got a team built around him. And, but what I'm saying here is, is that the general manager and him are working on a relationship to try to repair some of the offseason dialogue that went back and forth that was not needed. You know, this could actually galvanize these guys as they move forward. Hey, and for the record, how many years did 
Aaron Rodgers sit behind Brett Favre or Steve Young behind Joe Montana. I mean, you, you could probably make an argument that those players sat behind those legendary guys for five years before they got their opportunity to play. If if, if you're if if you're Jordan Love, do you mind? And look, if we're not talking about sitting behind Bob Rogers, they're sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. And for the record, I personally don't think Green Bay thinks Jordan Love's ready to play. So, in this whole process here, I think it's really great on what we're seeing here. We're seeing an opportunity here for these two guys to maybe mend fences and have an opportunity at making a chance to bring him back and maybe Aaron Rodgers ends up retiring a Green Bay Packer. All right. I do want to hit on the Hall of Fame game. And also, Tom Brady, is he taking a shot at Bill Belichick? We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. 
There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show, Dan Soledad. Just been informed that we're kind of like um, freezing a little bit. Well, when you're in a state of windmills, that's how our power is generated, windmills. So I'm hoping the windmill keeps it going, at least at the top of the hour. How pathetic can you get? One of the worst-run states on the planet, and one of the governors being recalled. Oh, by the way, New York and California, congratulations. Both trying to get your governors out of the building. Classic. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it seems you're freezing a little. Yeah, well, it's California, bro. I'm like, my power's predicated off of windmills and making sure geese don't fly into them. I mean, what the hell do you want? It's Cali. Going, going back, back to Cali. I hope some of you know what that is. Anyway. So he was he was asked a question, he being Tom Brady at practice uh, yesterday, and I got a soundbite sent to me. And I was watching it, and I was thinking to myself, now, is it just me being a conspiracy theory dude where I do this, like, right? Watch. What do you think he means by that? You know that guy, right? What do you think he he means by that? Are you making that story up? Do you think he means this? You know that guy. I hate that guy, too. Gee, I wonder what he's thinking. Do you really think he thinks that? I don't know if he really thinks that. You sit around and you go like this. Bro, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. I can only go by what he said. Well, you know what? Maybe that's not what he thinks. I don't want to be that guy. But I, I, I thought it was intriguing because he was asked a question. Tom, you know, the last two years, it's been completely different. Social media, you're posting... You know, you're more vocal. You know what Brady said? I'm paraphrasing this. Brady goes like this. Yeah, I think I've, over the last two years, have found my voice. What? Yeah, because, you know, when you've done something for so long and you get a chance to maybe broaden your horizons and you go somewhere else and, you know, you thought one way was the way to do it. You know, I kind of found myself a little bit, you know, in Tampa, and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I I think I've just found my voice. So was he saying that Brady and Belichick, in a way where those that relationship was that Bill Belichick silenced his voice in New England because that's the way that the New England way was? was that everybody around the room didn't say anything, couldn't say anything. Your personality was barely on display. Now, some would go, what about Gronk? Right, I I agree. But maybe, you know, Gronk came later in Brady's career. You know, he came a little bit later. So, I mean, end of the day here, is Brady taking a shot at Belichick in the way that he handled him for 20 years personally? Could this be the reason, besides the fact that they were not retooling the football team when Tom Brady was there? 
on one of the reasons why that exit was not a friendly exit. Now, I will say this. That divorce is probably as good a divorce as you're ever going to get with a guy that won six Super Bowls. You didn't really think that that was just going to be, hey, man, I mean, thank you very much. Here's a handshake. Both guys part ways. Fans not going to be pissed off, especially when you watch a guy go down to another team and win a Super Bowl. You can't think that that was something that New England had a good year last year. I mean, right? New England had a horrible year last year. Not only did they not make the playoffs, they were under 500. And the guy they had for 20 years goes down to Tampa and wins a Super Bowl in his own building. I'm thinking that's not a good year. And, and then Brady keeps throwing these little subtle, like, yeah, I'm a different guy now. And, you know, I'm a different dude. And my wife and I are a little bit more open with some of the things. And maybe that's just the style also of Bruce Arians. You know, I was asked, one of my guys was, I think it was Cal, said, you think Arians is a Hall of Fame coach? I think Bruce Arians is a Hall of Fame person. I think that it starts there. When you're a Hall of Fame person, I think your ability and opportunity to become an all an all-time coach, an all-time person, a guy that people and players will revere and fans and all that. I think when you're an all-time person, like Dick Vermeil was an all-time person, is an all-time person. Marty Schottenheimer was an all-time person, great coach. Those are the genuine guys in the building that you revere and it starts there. And Bruce's influence, by the way, if you want to hear the Bruce Arians interview that we did right here on the National Football Show, you can go to the Jacob Media channel, the National Football Show channel, and the Bruce Arians interview is there. He was candid. He was open. I asked him about his future, you know, and it's all there for you. Just, you know, just thinking back on me asking him his future. That future kind of was put in play a little bit today. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on that a little bit here. But I thought that that was interesting that Tom Brady is having a bet. Get this. Would Bruce Arians have won with Tom Brady as many Super Bowls? Or would they have won more? Because it was a better environment for Brady to succeed in. Brady showing you it really doesn't matter where he was. Brady was gonna win championships, right? It's now up to Belichick to win. Brady's proven the point. That story and that part of his resume, and you know what some will say? Well, maybe he learned it, um, you know, from Bill Belichick. I don't think so. I think that was instilled in Tom Brady from day one. Remember what one of the first comments was that Tom Brady gave Bob Kraft when he first got there? He goes, Mr. Kraft, drafting me will be the greatest decision of your life. Remember, they took him in the sixth round. Bob Kraft must have went like this. Who's this guy? Brady saying this as a sixth rounder. Greatest decision you ever made in your life. Can't think it wasn't, at least professionally, football-wise. Right? I mean, this guy's saying that then. I think we're giving Bill Belichick way too much credit. I think that guy was the reason, and I think 70% of the reason, that they won in New England. When I look at the Patriots right now, I go like this. They're kind of good. And before Brady stepped on the field when they were playing Bledsoe, they were kind of good. As a matter of fact, they didn't even have a 500 record yet. Bill got fired from Cleveland. I mean, we were talking about what, what, did, what did Art Modell say to 
Bob Kraft, when he hired him as the head coach of the Patriots, worst decision you'll ever make in your life. It wasn't so much the worst decision. You know what Bill got lucky on? He chose right. When it came to, to picking the Holy Grail, death or success, he chose right. He chose the Grail that got him those six titles. That's not coaching. That's luck. The rest of it is Brady filling in the chapters of the book. Am I right when I say that? Am am I reading this wrong here? And now Brady, to me, is sounding a little bit more like, well, you know, you know, I wish I could have been a little bit more like me. And you know what I think he's really saying? That I wish I could have enjoyed my journey a little more. And I wish we could have enjoyed ourselves more because as soon as we won something or as soon as we won a Super Bowl, there was Bill pounding the rock again. Gonna do it again. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. There, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, there's no question that that wears you out like that. So I think it's more of a kind of a shot there a little bit. Bruce Arians, as a Hall of Fame coach, he wins another Super Bowl. I think you're going to have the fact that people are going to say, well, look at what he did for Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger was never the same when Arians left Pittsburgh as the offensive coordinator. He was the guy also that started implementing Antonio Brown into the offense along with Le'Veon Bell. And Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, moved off of Bruce. Bruce told me personally, he was devastated when the Steelers moved off him because it was kind of a coaching and organizational decision. I wonder what the Steelers think about that because Bruce Arians is a hell of a coach. What happens? Bruce goes to Indianapolis, and my old linebacker coach, Chuck Pagano, dear friends with Chuck. I love Chuck. I think Chuck's the D.C. in Chicago now. I may be wrong. I thought he was the defensive coordinator in Chicago. But Chuck was with me at Miami. It's funny. You know what Chuck Pagano was when he was at Miami for the first time? When I was there, he was a G.A., and the other GA was Tommy Tuberville, who's a United States senator right now. These guys used to check beds, seeing that we were in. These guys worked for Jimmy Johnson. And Chuck is a great guy. Remember, Chuck got cancer, and he had to step away from the game for a little bit. Bruce got the interim job. I think Bruce is the only guy in NFL history ever to win the Coaching of the Year award as an interim head coach. Then he goes to Arizona, and those teams are damn good, right? He goes to Arizona, those teams are awful good, man. And he was winning ball games with Carson Palmer, who was another throwaway guy. Now you have him with Brady, and he's winning Super Bowl. He's winning a Super Bowl. They win another one. How about this? If they even get to the NFC Championship game, you're going to make a strong conversation. Hey, how about this? You think Tony Dungy's really a Hall of Fame NFL head coach? You think Dungy's a better coach than Arians? You think Tony over or underachieved in Indianapolis? He had Peyton Manning and he won one Super Bowl. You think he over or underachieved? And personally, I think the Tampa job was his better job of coaching because he changed a crappy organization 
that was a perennial loser into a team that started winning games. Let's not forget something here. Dungey's front office, along with Rich McKay, they drafted Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp in the same draft. How many times do you draft a Hall of Fame guy in a draft, let alone two in the same draft? They did that with Sapp and Brooks. They brought in John Lynch, Rondé Barber. They traded for Simeon Rice. All of that stuff was under Tony Dungy. Still didn't win, though, did he? He didn't have the quarterback in the room. He had Trent Dilfer. Dilfer goes on to win a Super Bowl with the Ravens. But when I compare the coaches, you look at Bruce Arians and go like this, Dungy's a better coach. I don't, I don't think that that's that clear cut. I, I, and the fact of the diversity that he had also in his coaching staff, he's got a woman on his coaching staff that's a true assistant coach. She is the assistant strength and conditioning coach. That's a big gig. That's three, four hundred grand. She's not making, I mean, she's just not something, well, here's a job for a woman so we could say we hired a woman. That's a big job, man. It really is. And so he wins another Super Bowl. I think he outdid. I think he would have outdone Tony Dungy. All right. I believe we're going to get Coach Steve Spurrier on tomorrow. Change the Southeastern Conference. And did a little coaching in the NFL. What went wrong there and why he thought maybe it failed with Washington when he took that job? He had a five-year, $25 million deal. So we'll talk to him tomorrow. I really appreciate it. Krause, great stuff. Cal, thank you so much. Big Joe. Till tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time, the National Football Show. We will catch you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.